Jesus, I can't. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm too young to die. This is our life now. This is our life now, okay? We're gonna go on. It's gonna be fun. I can't go on, Marcus. I can't do this. I'm gonna die. Why did you shake my hand? Why did you I gotta run. I can't go to jail. I can't go to jail, Marcus. Shut up. Come down. Come down. Oh, God. They're coming. They're coming. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Marcus, how are you? Good, we out for a little run? Yeah, yeah, just did seven. I might do another seven, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hold you up. Hey, let's grab dinner sometime. I would love that. All right. You meet Good Karen. seeing you. Absolutely. I mean... Nine one one. what's your emergency? Hi, yeah. I got a couple handshakers right in front of me. Okay, sir, are, are they still in the vicinity? Yeah, I'm staring at them right now. Run. That's pretty good. Especially if you're a Hollywood actor. I mean, that was basically a whole, a whole skit about, you know, these two dudes that shook hands at the park and then ran... Had to run from the cops in a police copter and... Somebody ratted them out for not social distancing. Somebody. There was a people taking pictures yeah, of him. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, you need to take a look at it. Apparently, he's doing a lot of these... Uh, he calls them shorts. They're like two-minute skits. That was good. That yeah. was good. That was one of the better things I've seen this week. Everybody, how valid is the validity? Episode six. So happy to be here with my uh, good buddy, Chad Bearden, and my not-so-good buddy, Parker, our producer. Good day, Parker. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. Every day's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your mic up, Parker. I can't hear you. People always get upset that I don't... Yeah? I don't think anyone even knows me. I mean, that's the whole point. You're supposed to be behind the scenes. You're like Wilson, the guy next door to... I just to... want people to say my name. Say my name, say my name. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a, another Wednesday, and... Uh, a lot of eventful things have happened uh, over the last week. I almost feel like, I think, Chad, I'm almost ready to do two days a week. Yeah? I'm almost, almost. Once I can understand how news works and, uh, you, you know, how I can try to filter something out of it that, that is worth doing two nights, two, I, two days. I'm not sure I want to be around for that. No. You, you're only allowed one. No, yeah. I'm just, the, the amount of stress and frustration and anger that goes into the one day of the week of this I mean, not, not for you just watching me do it That's, oh but it's it's like to see you come undone every day just, every day well i'm sorry you know what i mean passionate, it's either, passionate. You, either, you either clutch your heart having a hot dog or you clutch it trying to do something you love you know what i mean which I love eating hot dogs. I'm hoping that I get pissed off enough that I'll eat a hot dog and die right here while getting mad at hooking up a television. Yeah, it'd be on the pooper. I'm just trying to see how many uh, TV screens I can hook up to a video card. <laughs> He's not even kidding. If you could see, I mean, every time I come back to this house, 
there is a different 50 inch monitor hanging off the wall and a, another ring light and another camera and uh it's pretty I mean, awesome the only upside is that there's also a like 50 oh yeah we got this, we got uh, uh we got our our uh aurora nutrisigns vitamins in today that we're, we're giving away during the show tonight so uh make sure that you uh tune in here in a little bit after we get done we're probably uh, going to do vitamin C shots. Yeah, we got tons of it's really great stuff, but we we can talk more about that in a little bit. Um we got a great show tonight. How valid is the validity we're going to our conspiracy corner tonight is uh, one of my favorite topics and that's secret societies. Andy uh my bass player Andy is going to join us uh in a little while with that. Rick's here to talk to us about Wi-Fi and how to uh if you're doing Zoom meetings especially how to Make give it the best possible chance of of having the best quality Wi-Fi, and then of course uh, our interview with Clint Boyer, which uh, is a good buddy of mine, and uh, NASCAR starting up this weekend. Really interesting stuff on how they're uh, moving forward uh, in this in this interesting time. But let's just dive right in, shall we? So Nashville uh, started open up on on Monday. Uh, I've I've had I've seen mixed things. Uh, there's been a couple of places that I'm very familiar with that I won't say any names that over had too many people in them and, and needless to say, got shut down. Uh, there's so it's, it's what I've seen, Chad, you can tell me, I mean, you, you know, you're kind of in it too, but is I've seen people it's either over cautious or, or not cautious enough, but nobody seemed to have found the middle yet. And, and yeah. And, and everybody has their own distinct opinion about what is best or what they think is best. And uh, the, the truth is, uh, until we get a little further through this, none of us actually know what the truth is. Yeah, We don't know if there's going to be a second <laughs> round. We don't know if there's going to be a resurgence. We don't know if you put 10,000 people in a venue that it's going to kill people or it's not. Well, have you heard about the pan, uh, the, the video that's going out right now that everybody's talking about every time it goes uh, up and gets taken down? Yeah. So I, pandemic, I think it's yes, called. Yes. Uh, I saw the, uh, I, I've not watched it, uh, but I have seen the, uh, it, it's popped up in about, you know, 80,000 of my friend. I, don't, I, I mean, don't did, did I get you, shares did it, I get you that Parker? Did you, did we do the pandemic thing? No clips. Yet. There was no clips, right? But I mean, is is do you have the video? I don't have the whole video. We, I, I mean, I I think we could play this, uh, you know, next week and still yeah. be in the game. But point being is that, you know, it's it's pretty devastating to this whole. Uh, I mean, speaking of conspiracy theories, it's pretty devastating to this whole thing where this woman is basically saying she's worked with Fauci over the years and that he is a you know a mastermind at at, at really you know, stifling drugs for profit. And, and, you know, what he's doing right now is that is trying to get this, uh, uh, what is it? The, the, what do they call it? The, the, the vaccine, right. The vaccine, right. which, which now I saw where he said that they're saying vaccine, we're not saying it, it's even going to work. Is that, is that? Yeah. So I saw him, uh, or a clip, I guess this morning on new, the news where, um, I guess initially he was saying he was alluding to the fact that he thought they shouldn't reopen schools until they had a vaccination for kids. And then he, he backed up a little bit and said, look, my job is to give you medical advice, whatever. But uh, the other thing that I heard was that 
it's it's not one vaccine now. You're looking at you have to have multiple vaccines because apparently the uh, the virus is uh, oh mutating, is mutating, transforming, whatever. Well, I mean, Na- Nashville, Nashville's so there's. I got sent this, um, or I, I found this. I think it was it might have been Dad showed it to me, but where this is the, basically the Davidson County Handbook for uh, businesses that are opening up, and I have to say um, that. You know, like California, I think most states are giving a lot of uh, it's not just coming from the state. It's, it's municipalities, to counties can are making some decisions as well, which which the Elon Musk thing is a big deal. Right. In right. that regard. But Nashville is saying and this is interesting because, you know, the, the police are having to decide how they're going to move forward. If arresting somebody, if that's what they choose to do or how they're enforcing laws, because. Did, was it you that told me the story about the guy that got robbed? Well, the guy that we just did, talked to. Uh, oh yeah, he got yeah. robbed, and the and the and the cops told him that you know that we're not even going to be putting him in jail. So it's what's the point, right? Right, and and so that's that's a very interesting situation. But you know this this part of this whole situation in Davidson County is there's 28 to 105 investigators in Davidson County, along uh, with case and contract monitors who will go around and monitor how bars and restaurants and, and businesses are opening up and, the, the, you know, being, I guess, the hall monitor, so to speak, right. to decide whether or not you can stay open or, or if what you're doing isn't isn't right. And the testing is, you know, testing, testing people as they walk in the door. Um, I haven't heard as much on that, how people are dealing with that, being tested when you go into some place. Um, I haven't been tested going into any place, but you did say Guitar Center made you wear a mask today. Oh, yeah. I, I had to go to Guitar Center, and I was literally just running in to grab just a couple of things and come back out. Um, and, and not the one in Davidson County. I had to go to uh, uh, had to go down to Franklin to the one down there. The one in Davidson County is not allowed to open yet. Um, but I got to the door and started to walk in, and the guy said, do you have something to cover your face with? No, I'm just running in. I'm good. And he goes, no, you can't come in the store. You can go next door to PetSmart and buy a bandana if you would like. Holy moly, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a mask in my car. So I went back out and got it, but. Play the Elon Musk clip. Do we have the Elon? Do you have that one? Play that one. Uh, This is basically Elon Musk is the largest employer in in the state of California. They're telling him, he's saying, "If if we can't open up, I'm out is suing a California county that won't let it reopen one of its factories. Now, this comes after months of Tesla CEO Elon Musk tweeting debunked claims about the coronavirus and railing against shelter-in-place orders. Now, some background here. California's governor actually issued new guidance on Thursday that allowed some manufacturers to reopen, but it left the ultimate decision with individual counties and tesla's factory is in one of those counties that has stricter orders in place in fact it has a shelter in place until may 31. so i mean that that's i don't think i I think tesla will be the first one but i don't i think that there's going to be more of this right i mean so elon musk has throughout this whole thing just right. absolutely dogged social distancing. He, he's he's criticized the whole process. Just, I, I mean, blatantly just calling it all BS. Um, but he, in, in his defense, 
he is the only car manufacturer in the United States who's not been allowed to reopen. So all the other... Are you kidding me right now? No, he is the last one to be allowed to open because of the city he's in, because of the county he's in, the restrictions there. All the other um, car manufacturers have been allowed to go back to work, but because of where he's at, that's so that's what he's saying now. Look, you've you're keeping me from open. Every other manufacturer is allowed to open. Either let me open or I'll move my stuff overnight to another state where they'll let me open tomorrow and they'll gladly take my tax dollars. I mean, that that's, you know, California can't be that, that you know, but the problem is if you let him do it, then you, you've got other people that are going to bitch and moan, right? I mean, that's, that's, so, that's well, the point. He's, he is the only, he's the only car manufacturer left in California. There are no other car manufacturers. No other car manufacturing in California. And you know what? That's the crazy thing. But uh, places where the Prius sells more than any other car in the world, right? I mean, the, the Tesla that is California's, you know, I, it, whatever. I mean, point being is, at the end of the day, this is just the beginning. What we're seeing, um, again, from businesses having too many people, not enough people. Uh, you know, you know, I'm looking at this, and I've looked through this a couple of times now. Every phase of Nashville opening up has some sort of monitoring temperatures of employees and 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 patrons. That's it. I mean, so who gets to call when it ends? I mean, I mean, does does the time lapse just run out, or does or does the the council have to say we are officially out of? That's a good. COVID I mean, that's a that's a good question. I I don't think that you know Cuomo is out. I, I as far as I'm concerned, the last press conference I watched with him, it was just this is like I said last week. I mean, I think some of these people have gotten so tired of talking about this or trying to explain it over every week you know they're they're starting to get jumbled up and double talking and and n- not even making any sense anymore or you could just look the look in their face is just like i just give no, no i give no shits anymore about any of this right and so i i don't know what kind of you know i don't feel like anything that i've seen you know looking over this last week has been a lot of new information the most new information i have seen is from actual businesses trying to open and people trying to go out in the public. I mean, there has been a, you know, people and some people use this to go out and try to, you know, go into a business with guns, you know, and, and that kind of crap. And, and you're just like, this is not who, you know, you, are you really going to make a two handful of people because that's not the majority by any means, but that's, you know, we're going to take this opportunity and we're going to wear my gun. We're going to wear an M16 on my, on my shoulder and go into buy some ice cream. Right. I mean, give me a break. I want 21 flavors in the, in the cash drawer. All yeah. right. What are you going to do? I mean, the, the thing about it is, too, that, uh, you know, there was one business in New England that opened up. It was an ice cream shop. It was a huge uh, local draw and people there all summer, whatever the case is. And he shut down because people were yelling at his employees, 17 year old kids trying to, you know, sell ice cream. And people were just going ape, you know, over the, how slow the service was or somebody in front of them. I mean. You can't even be six feet apart and I'd get this crap from somebody. What is that clip? Is that something else? Yeah. If you want to bring it in. What is it? It's them giving alcohol to Oh, this is definitely this this San Francisco, I will say, is almost like if you tipped the country over and 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 you shook it out and it just everything drained down. I used to say that about, you know, other parts of the corners, but the San Francisco is somehow one of the most beautiful cities in this country. 
has got to be one of the most dirtiest, nasty places that I have ever been to. You know, 10 years ago, 12, shit, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. My God, how old am I? 30 years ago when I went as a kid. Keep going. It was that, I mean, it was not, it was so beautiful. And and, and this last time that I was there last year, actually, the Tenderloin District, which is not known to be a great place anyway, but just overall, San Francisco with the homeless has definitely gotten out of hand. I mean, people are living in blocks of the sidewalk. They're letting them just basically, you know, you're missing a, a couch and a TV with a, a clothes hanger for an antenna. Play the clip. Public health officials are handing out drugs and alcohol to San Francisco's homeless population. Here's one America's Grace Rust. San Francisco is taking a controversial approach to keeping at-risk communities safe from the coronavirus. Recent reports say the city's public health department is providing alcohol, marijuana, and methadone free of charge to those seeking shelter in hotels during the pandemic. The department argues the freebies are meant to help the homeless hotel guests who have the virus successfully complete their quarantine and is offered to self-disclosed addicts only. With regard to supporting uh, people who are at risk um, or who need to be in quarantine or isolation because they're COVID positive, our focus needs to be on supporting them and meeting them where they are. Meeting them where they are so that they can be cared for in the most appropriate way, in a way that's good for them. Oh, God, get it off, get it off, community. turn it off. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. That has got to be the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. I'm not against helping the homeless. I mean, above San Francisco, above anybody else, has definitely done more for the homeless population. I mean, basically, you've given somebody that anybody that's trying to work You've given them the, the amount of square feet that they pay $4,000 a month for, and it's just outside. And who cares? It's outside in San Francisco. But, the, I mean, we're going to meet them and give them booze and smokes and, and drugs to keep, them in, to keep them where they're at so that they don't go out and spread this all because they are allowed, they're allowed everywhere. And they do. I mean, that are we? What in the world is going on? So, just, I read a little bit more about this situation Where's my hot dog <laughs> i read a little more about this situation and what what they're doing with this and in 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 theory parts of it i like um so they're using uh vacant hotel motel space to house these folks who are battling this instead of putting them into a hospital and the healthcare workers are coming there to them and the the other thing is they're saying all this stuff that's being provided to them is not coming from government budget. It's all private donations, whatever. So they're but they're taking these private donations and buying, and, and there there are restrictions on it. Apparently, they said they're not buying the uh, uh, the marijuana for recreational use. It has to be considered. Chad. I'm not, I'm not, I don't care that it's not coming from taxpayers. I don't care if it was coming from taxpayers. I mean, the bottom line is that a lot of these people are schizophrenics. They, they have other health problems. They're military people. I mean, there, there are, that's the issue is not the fact that we're helping people. It's like you are help people, but that is not, this is the exact opposite thing that you would do during any other time. 
No other time would you say, all right, let's go to Tent City and, and pass out booze and smokes and some drugs and keep these people away from, because what they should be saying is the, the tax base, what does that say to the people that pay taxes and that, that are trying to figure out how to live to keep what they got and to be able to, to you know, live in San Francisco? I, that's the problem I have. It's, it, it is, what are the message you are giving is not helping the homeless not be homeless. It is let's let's take advantage of the situation to make as a politician it, because that's what it looks like. How do you dispute that guy? How do you, what do you do to, to say uh, no? That's unbelievably bad. Let him you know put him on a boat and sail him out in the middle of the ocean. You can't do that. But handing him cigarettes. Well, I, th- oh I think. Oh my God! I'm gonna and I it. think they're trying. Give me a hot dog. I think they're trying to say, hey, taxpayer, we're doing you a favor because these people who are extremely susceptible to this, we're keeping them away from you. Because by doing this, they're not wandering out into the streets or into these other places to find their drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it is. They're not going into convenience stores. and They're not doing all that. So they're saying we're we're protecting you by doing this. I, I get it. I, I'm just saying that based on what I just saw, and you got higher ups talking about, and we could go on. I'm I don't want to get much more deeper into San Francisco because obviously it's not like the rest of the country. But the point is that we allow this. You, you know, the, to me, giving somebody alcohol and cigarettes, which would be a great time for me. I mean, I'd love to have alcohol. I almost want to move to San Francisco and get me some of that. But based on what we're talking about, it just it's just a little off. Everybody, I, I got to be honest with you. I want to I want to thank our sponsors who have been awesome with us. Aurora Nutriscience has sent us a bunch of vitamins to give away to everybody. Vitamin C, uh, QQ10, uh, vitamin D. Uh, lipic acid, a, a whole bunch of other stuff to give away. This is a great company that's really starting to make a um, you know a more of a, a impact in the United States uh, due to their the system of how they uh, deliver the vitamin. Because as you guys know, uh, half the time when you take a brick vitamin, you can probably see it come out uh, later on after uh, Taco Bell, right? Right now, everybody, one of one of the funniest, nicest guys I've ever in my whole life had the chance and opportunity to meet um, and, and met a lot of people because of him. Uh, Mr. Clint Boyer, and we'd like to play that interview that happened this afternoon. Uh, let's see how it goes. Oh, this is going to be rough. Yo, yo. <laughs> oh, you're at the lake. No, I'm at my house. Oh, I haven't seen the new place. Holy cow. Look at that crap. It's it. Hey, it looks just like the lake set up. Well, kind of. You got a prettier uh, view. It looks like. Uh, uh, there's some nice boats to go. There's no boats in this one. Well, that's what river is that? A river or a pond or what the hell is that? No, it's a lake. It's sixty acres. Kind of snakes back through there. Boy, that's beautiful, Clint. Thanks, homie. How was your trip to the lake? Fun. Yeah. It was awesome. All trips to the lake are awesome. That lake is special, man. Some kind of special. So much fun over the years to have a place over there. Yeah. Just some about those Midwestern people, man. I mean, obviously that's where I grew up, where I came from. But so many great people. So, did you have to work this? Do you have to work on Sundays, or how does it? 
I saw something where NASCAR is opening back up or, or something. Chris, um, this is your NASCAR friend. We don't sometimes race on like Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays. That's like not- you have a Wednesday. <laughs> you never know what day you're going to work. We, we work on Sundays. Yes. I mean, that, what are I, you doing? I knew that it had been a while. Since <laughs> time, but, I'm, uh, right. I'm just trying yeah. to figure out what to say. So are you working on Sundays? Craziest thing is we're racing on Wednesdays too. Why to I make will- up for stuff or what? I'll stop being a smart ass now first and uh, enlighten you on what's going on. Yeah, man, just to try to catch up, um, you know, because with our deal, our world is all hinging on those races, yeah. 36 races. That's that's what makes up our call it physical year. And, and that being said, all your contracts, all your, your sponsor commitments, everything is committed to those 36 races. So somewhere or another we have to get 36 races in. So what we're going to do is get caught up and how we're going to do that is we're going to go to these tracks that are open states that are opening up, you know, they're slowly but surely opening up and we're going to start making them up. Darlington um, is going to be the first one. South Carolina opened up again, driving distance from the shops um, from everybody's house, two or three hours down there going to drive in no practice, man, no practice, no mic check, no nothing. Show up cold Turkey after sitting on your butt for two, uh, what, two months. <laughs> And line them up and go, cat, go. It's going to be crazy. But we're going to do that Sunday, this Sunday. And then uh, and then we're going to turn right back around and go right back there again and race uh, Wednesday. And then we're going to do that the following week, the same same schedule um, at, right here in Charlotte. Again, just drive in. Um, unfortunately, you know, no fans, no family, yeah. which sucks. Can't even take the kids with me. So going to roll in, knock the race out, drive right back home that night, turn around and go back to Charlotte again Wednesday and do it do it all over again. So four races knocked out here in two weeks is going to help us. You know, that kind of mentality and that schedule is going to get us caught up. So how how, did, how does it feel? I mean, does it matter to you? Does it pump you up less? Or do, are you guys having to mentally change the way you, you think about how you're racing because there's nobody around? Or is it just like a pre- – I mean, how do, how do people reacting? Is, is everybody well, kind of the same? I mean, you've, you've played music all your life, right? Yeah. So you, you're, could you imagine showing up to a venue with no crowd? I mean, you're like, yeah. nah, this sucks. I'm done. <laughs> well, I just <laughs> I just didn't know how much the crowd played a part in when you guys are actually in the vehicle. I mean, does it really – does it still play a part? Man. I mean, since I was just starting, you know, you, you've – live and and die by the the vibe of those fans you know and you know pre-race you get to see them and feel them and and um that energy is what you know pumps you up no different than you getting on stage i mean you can feel the energy that being said they're still there right we're still in a venue and and racing in a format to where they're there they're just at home watching on tv um you know and and We've been fortunate enough to have both sides of that in our sport where you're 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 not only interacting and, and feeling that energy of the, the fans right in front of you, but but you're also focusing and thinking about TV and, and things like that. So it's uh it's gonna be different. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna suck, man. Yeah. I, I love fans. I love that interaction and, and it's gonna be a void, but you know, through all this, this mess, just fortunate enough that we can get on the racetrack and, and still you know, put on a show, um, you know, and, and obviously they're not going to be there for the event, but I know they're going to be watching on TV and they weren't one of the only sports that that's opening up, you know, I mean, most sports it's face yeah. it are in some sort of uh closed environment that you got to go in and out of and can't really do that. 
with ours, it's going to be a limited number of crew guys. Um, and we're going to go in, knock this thing out and get out of there. Are, are you hearing anything about maybe when people are, will be allowed to come back into the races? Is fall looking like something that's possible? Yeah, I think so. No, you're not hearing that. I'm not hearing anything like that. No conversations or anything, but I mean, just watching what's going on, you know, um, you know, again, I was over there in Missouri checking on some that my house over there and spent the week over there. And, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, they, the switch is turned back on. I mean, yeah. all board, you walk in and, and, and yeah, it was actually, it caught me way off guard. Um, probably, I don't know. I don't know what's right. I don't know that anybody knows what's right. I know what they're doing. They're turning the damn thing back on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now you're talking about the bars and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it was full on. We, I wasn't ready for it, man. We pulled up and and I was on the boat just cruising with the kids. We pulled up, looked up and I mean, it's a free for all. No kidding. We're packed. The bar was packed. It was like nothing ever happened. And, you know, in, in my situation where, again, you represent sponsors and, and people and everything else that are counting on you, I can't show up, That's right. you know, with uh, with COVID. I, I mean, it's the end of the day. You, you just can't. So I had to be careful. And, and we have to be careful with this. I mean, if we show up and you're over eating, they put the thermometer on your old forehead like we're seeing <laughs> and you're overheating, you're out. It's as simple as that. Well, so, I mean, there's in Nashville, they just started phase one today and some people, some bars were open over, over the weekend and they closed, they must've shut, I don't know, nine or 10 bars down because they were, there was just crowds of people. Everybody was taking pictures. There was just crowds of people in, in these bars hanging out and like, like nothing had happened. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that, how that all shapes and, up. And again, man, I don't, I honestly, you just, I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, and I don't, right. I, I guess I think that's because there isn't a right answer. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many unknowns with this thing. It's, it is dangerous. I mean, we all see that, but you know, there's also the other side of it that could, you know, maybe in some people's eyes where more dangerous, yep. you know, there's no question about it. The toll it's taking on the economy and everything else is going to be a lasting effect that our kids will have to deal with. You know, we're going to be dealing with this for the rest of our lives in one way or another whether it's washed off the, the table or not there's the repercussions of of this um is going to be something we will we will see for the rest of our lives that's a fact are you i mean is there any silver lining like for me personally i've gotten to do some things that i haven't ever had time to do i mean are you are you able to do any i mean is there a silver lining for you with, with time to do other things or it's, you know it's slowing life down it's it's uh hell you know since looking at social media because you know, i mean that's those are problems in our life i mean we all live and die by that damn phone in your hand and it's it's you can't help it you can't see it and it just draws you in to a to a sickness that that you can't outrun and it's crazy to uh to think that but um yeah i think it's true you know i i love social media and i love the interacting with fans and and people on there i think it's hilarious and and there's and there's obviously a lot of really really good um you know purposes that it serves sure. but at the end of the day it's uh it has forced you to slow down i mean how many times 
in the first two weeks did you try to figure out where the hell can we go? We're going somewhere. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. What is there a beach? I don't care where it is. And then you're like, oh no, I can't go there anywhere. No place to yeah. go. And uh, then you start, you know, settling in and and really focusing on on what's going on at home. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing when you've lived on the road for what 17 years, like I have. It's hard to slow me down. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's hard to slow you down. Two anyway. days, maybe three days at home. And I'm headed out somewhere. You, you all of a sudden you stop, um, you know, and, and, and you're home for two months. It was a huge, huge um, difference in my life. And something, again, I'm not lying. We looked it up. And the longest I had been home was two and a half weeks and 17 years. Holy and man. now it's been two months. So it was uh, definitely took a lot of getting used. Kind of reminds you of the 50s. You remember <laughs> seeing a lot of videos and movies and you know, photos of people just like sitting on their front porch watching the world go by. Like, how many times did you do that? You know, <laughs> there's just nothing else to do. But again, focusing on on family and and catching up with friends. That guy that you hadn't called in, you know, two years and you should have, and and you had an awesome conversation with him. You wouldn't have done that if, if without this. So sure. there's been a lot of positives. There's no question about it. When you have cattle, I mean, how many cows and stuff? I mean, you're you're raising. You have a farm now. Damn, I might need them here soon. But <laughs> do you have any now or no? You're done. You sold them. Yeah, no, we have about uh, seventy head, um, but uh, you know, just commercial cattle. And, um, God, there's yeah, a meat I mean, shortage. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I've been bitching to my wife and moaning and crying. Man, I'm doing everything. <laughs> to do. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, six hundred fifty acres. <laughs> dumbass think about people in like new york city that have a 15 by 15 That's apartment no kidding. they're stuck in could you imagine no no i couldn't it, imagine living. that's what they get for trying to live in a city like that that's what i couldn't imagine it in general well i mean you take it's, the good with the bad spending that much money to do it Woo-hoo. yeah it's kind of yeah it's it's a, it's a raping of some sorts i mean spain just got out they were Everybody in Spain was two months. They just recently have been able to go outside. It's it's been yeah. interesting to even hear that. I mean, me, I nothing has changed for me because I mean, I'm I've I've just I'm going to be the guy that people say that Weaver hadn't left the house since the the, the COVID. I'm I'm that guy. I'm not. I, I love it here. You didn't. You didn't leave the house at all. You didn't go out and go for a jog. Well, I mean, I've done that, but I mean, as far as like have I could live. I mean, I got a kid that brings me my groceries, and uh, that's all I got. That's all I need. I know it, man. It's uh, that's all I it, need. Hey, it forced us all to slow down, and and it really, I think it was a, you know, no, it's it's. There's a lot of horrible things that are gonna, you know, that are yeah. happening, and and everything else. But you know, if there's any silver lining in it all, like you asked, it's it's the fact that it has forced me and my family and my life to slow down a little bit, really really focus on things that matter anyway. So what about the, the, so the dirt track stuff? I mean, are you, are you able to do, yeah, man. do you have that at the house still? Like you used at the old place? Like, your, yeah, your, so your, they, well, I don't have a, a dirt track here, like a go-kart track we used to have, but uh, you know, my dirt late model teams, they're out. Um, actually they're getting fired back up. They've been a bit quicker to the punch than, than we have. I mean, it's just a smaller scale. Yeah, sure. Right. But, as states are opening up, they're starting to head, man. There's a race, you know, I-55 and outside of St. Louis. What do you think? I'm like, 
get on, get on the road, man. <laughs> Go make me some money. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it, it that's that's the way they kind of live anyway. You know, and, and chasing money here, there, everywhere, and and obviously we run a Lucas Oil late model series, but there's still big races, money race in the country and and you chase those and that's how those boys make a living so um you know again there's just so many different perspectives on on how people the you know the effects on everybody's yeah. everybody's different everybody's situation's different everybody's jobs are different but i mean you there's some people out there that are that are pretty bad off that that really depend on 100 on one thing and when that shuts off they're in big trouble you know, one thing that I've, we've talked to a lot of business uh, owners and uh, over the last couple of weeks, the one thing that a lot of people are talking about is the fat cutting. Uh, do you see a lot of that in NASCAR or, or even in your own business with people that you employ where you're like, I, yeah, you know what, I don't need that anymore? Well, you know, you think about I tell you one thing that I uh, that I have done a lot of is Zoom meetings. Jeez, I didn't even know what the hell Zoom was until this pandemic and uh if you notice I, I like how i think this, i get a kick out of how trump says pandemic so i've been <laughs> i think it's hilarious um so uh you know did zoom meetings and stuff like that i mean kids man school my god you want to talk about an appreciation try sitting down with your kid even a five years old try sitting down with a five-year-old and doing his homework, homework yeah. or my uh my 10 year old nephew i mean it's literally impossible to try to figure that stuff out uh these teachers do it and then the patience it takes you're like come on you know that. <laughs> i just went over it five times you didn't listen and and it's just it's it's amazing the appreciation that i have for those those teachers and stuff like that are you able to put any more time into other things that like the dirt team or other stuff that you maybe didn't have time for before I tell you what, the other thing that's hilarious to me about all this is how many people say you have a project going on, right? I mean, you're calling all your buddies here, there, everywhere. Everybody's like, man, what are you doing? All oh, this stuff, blah, 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 you know? Not a damn thing. But I started <laughs> rebuilding all the fence around here, you know, at the farm, rebuilding, tearing out old fence and, and building new. It's the worst job known in the <laughs> Fence post, fuck, laying fence post sucks. It's it just, it's, it's tiring. It's a, just a shit job. job yep and uh i cannot tell you how many people found out i was doing this and like hey man i can come over and help man i'll, <laughs> I'll drive posts i'm like are you out of your damn mind tell me another time in, in a normal environment where you told somebody <laughs> that you're building fence and you needed to drive 400 fence posts with a driver that they'd say, well, damn, I'm kind of bored. I'll come right over and help you. I mean, it wouldn't happen. It's like moving, you know, everybody wants your help when they're moving, but when it comes time to, and, and it's your turn to, to, to move, nope. you good luck finding yep. somebody to help you. It's just not going to happen. Jeez. Look at that place is beautiful. Clint. Damn it. I got to come oh. out there. It does look like it reminds me of the lake house. So I thought for sure it was. You have was. been here. Well, so how you far away is it from your old house? Well, I've been to your old house. I've not been to that one yet. Oh, you've been to this barn. You've played at this barn before. You didn't have the house built yet. I've played at the oh. barn. Is that where yeah, you're at? You're at the barn or the house? No, I'm at the house that remember that house that was here that I tore down. Yeah. 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 I built 
Oh, okay. Shit. Okay. So you're in the same place, just a different house. I got you. I got you. I got you. House is over there. Remember, I was I was living in that. Oh God, dang. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can have a party. We have a six foot apart party. Dude, it's no fun. I know it. Parties are meant for hugging and and holding (laughs) hands and having a good time. I mean, you can't. You just can't do it, man. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a close talker and I like to get in there and, and, and damn it, I'm going to have a good time. I want to get on the dance floor and cut a rug and have a good time. I don't want to be six feet apart. I want to be right up in each other's face. And them some I, I'm going to, I'm going to have a video from one of his parties one day. I mean, it's not going to be a bad one, but definitely with you having a guitar around you, it's pretty funny. If you have a video from one of my parties, it's bound to be a bad no no hey, what's no so what's your, your wife deal? was there are you guys gonna what, what are you thinking on on being able to play or we're not we're, we're there's there is no playing i mean nashville's saying that not until uh they're, they're not even going to try to do live music august maybe uh september you know i heard that missouri was said it's okay to do concerts there i mean eric uh mark uh just has booked us dates so, I mean, I, you know, I guess they're not. When is it? Uh, I'll know tomorrow, but it probably June, I would imagine. You know, next Are month. Are you going to wear like a gas mask? Or well, like, no, he's, I'm, I'm pretty certain that he's not going to hey, do anything outside. chicken wire up, <laughs> like the Blues Brothers. This ain't the fucking Blues Brothers. This ain't the Blues Brothers. Wire, right? It ain't the Blues Brothers. No, I mean, I th- he said by the pool. Yeah. He said by the pool. I can. That way they throw beer bottles at you and stuff. I, I've played places like that, but. <laughs> I mean, when you were up there, the dog, the dog days. I think, man, I, I think it's coming. I bet you, I bet you, it comes uh, sooner than later. What that we the places open up? You mean completely? Well, I mean, you have, you know, uh, uh, Georgia. There was uh, a friend of ours went down to what's that called, Tybee Island or TB or something, mm-hmm. and they were uh, they were in a bar, and it was doors were open. It was a bar. People were everywhere. I just. It's so weird to see some states fully quarantined off. You know, you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to keep it that way. Right. Right. As a governor or a mayor or anything else, you know, you, you got your people trying to flip the switch back on or looking over their shoulder at this neighboring state and they're wide open and, and they're going to be putting pressure on them. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if it's a follow the leader or case by case or, or what happens. Here. I mean, it's I a, ga- one of the it's a gamble. It's a gamble. I mean, it's a gamble. That woman in Texas, she got put in jail, was going to be put in jail for seven days. They got her out. They just did a GoFundMe for her. And I think she just made $250,000 on a GoFundMe page because of what happened to her. I mean, well, it, there you go, Chris. Buddy, I'm telling just you. Go play somewhere and get thrown in jail and, and <laughs> your industry will start a GoFundMe page. I, I won't leave this couch. This live from the sectional thing we we do, It's it's been the best thing. It's the most fun I've had in a long time playing music. You just told me somebody what? went to jail and made two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yes, in Texas, in Texas. No, I am not. Well, she. Do you know op- how to start a GoFundMe page? <laughs> no, I, I don't know all that technology. I like. I had a kid. Go from- do something and get thrown in jail. Make sure it's it's at half-ass legal possible <laughs> possibility. And uh, start a GoFundMe page. See what happens. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going to try to do it the old-fashioned way, and and you know, make thirty bucks on this damn thing, and pay him sixty. So it all he works. He made two hundred and fifty thousand. We're going to go for thirty bucks. 
I'm, listen, it, you can't, if you try to go do that stuff, it never works out. This woman had a legitimate thing. <laughs> she opened up a shop and she was trying to feed the kids. How's it driving a NASCAR and then getting into a car after a thing to drive some, that's gotta be weird. Right. I mean, how do you drive, how do you drive a regular car? Is, is, well, you so see, you're so used to driving close to people. That's the biggest problem when you get out of the car. Uh, you know, it just doesn't phase you at all to be literally, when I say on somebody's bumper, like yeah. inches from it, you know, and, and then you're like, Oh God, sorry, dude. Like, I didn't even realize, you know, you're so <laughs> in tune. You're still in that race. You're still digging, you know, you get in your car and you got to kind of realize that uh, longer can <laughs> need to get the hell out of the way. No, here's the one thing I always did want to ask you about a while, a long, a couple of years ago, there was a thing that did you just say something you didn't ever want to ask. No, no. About? I wanted to ask you about, because you know, you, when you guys have the trailers set up, you guys have trailers where, you know, some guys are looking at this specific thing or the, these aspects, and then you have a trailer that's got this going on. But the difference in vehicles can be as minute as just a like a, a quarter, right? Remember, remember, like when oh, it was yeah, the, thickness of a fingernail. Why? I mean, literally, why is how, is it quarter. is it that big a deal? Some like there's just these small minute things. Is that really that can make yeah, you the winner or lose? Back up to make the difference, but at the end of the day they're down to scanning our cars. Now there's a, there's a scanner that scans them and it's no longer measurements of, you know, good old boy system where, yeah. huh, was that really a, a half inch or was it uh, well, maybe it's just a quarter or maybe it was an eighth, you know? Um, it's, they scan, they go in a room of dooms, what we call it. And it's a three um, dimensional uh, scanner printer that, that literally scans the car. And it's down to like, you know, 60 thousandths of an inch. But the thing is, is 60 thousandths of an inch skewed over the course of what, you know, 12 feet yeah. is a lot, you know, if you do it right. And, and that's through technology and through the, uh, you know, the um, experience and a talent of the guys that actually build those cars. Cause you got to remember those things are all hand built from a flat sheet of metal. You know, it's not a stamping or anything else yeah. like your your passenger car on the road. This thing was a sheet of metal hanging in the rack, and they, they started bending and beating and, you know, flexing, um, forging this thing into what you see on the racetrack. And, oh, by the way, to down to like 60 thousandths of an inch tolerance. And then, oh, by the way, now you've got all this technology going on where, okay, if we move this thing here, there, there, all over the course of this whole car, it all adds up to wow. inches, not just, you know. Not not just uh, an eight, you know eighth inch or something. When, so that's that's why you do it. When do you know? Like when I play a gig or whatever, about two or three songs in, I know it's going to be a good job or it's going to this is going to be the longest three hours of my life, right? So how is nine, it? What's that? And nine times out of ten, you know, nine times out of ten, you know how your weekend's going to go. Um, the third lap off the truck in practice. Oh, so not even in the race. You just no. Uh, no. <laughs> well, fast forward to this weekend, we were just going to line them up and go. Yeah. We all know by the second or third lap of the race, which unfortunately is when the payday and the pay window opens. Um, you know, and and by the way, there ain't a damn thing you're going to do about it. Sometimes that's why I said nine times out of ten, you know, in practice. Sometimes it's a it, there's a reason, right? They missed the gaps a little bit, and the car was dragging on the front, or 
you know, the thing just somehow, some way threw another setup in it, uh, wedge setup, springs, shocks, something. And it woke the thing up very rarely anymore. Today's day and age, because of the technology, does that happen? But every now and then it does. So, I mean, at that point in time, you, but you can, you can't stop thinking about trying to win the race though. Cause something could happen with other cars that puts you, even though you're having a shitty moment, you could still be, you could still get it. Right. I mean, well, I mean, it's not every weekend you unload in, in the reality of winning without some help, a gift or something. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that just doesn't happen every weekend. That being said, there's a bunch of business to be had, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of positions. There's a lot of money on the line with those positions. There's a lot of business to, uh, on the racetrack ahead. So, you know, a lot of times, yeah, you get discouraged right off the truck. Maybe you're 20th on the board or something. you got to work your ass off yeah. to try to figure out how to make it. If you can't make it a winning car, you better make it a top 10 car. If you can't make it a – or a top 5 car. If you can't make it a top 5 car, it better be a top 10 car. You get much outside of that, and you're out of money, you know. So um, quickly, you, you, you never take your eye off of winning. That's the goal. That's always there. But re- I guess, yeah, reevaluating – you know, your mindset and your goal, um, is, is very important. And yeah. I think it's important in the fact that, Hey man, you can lie to people, but you can't lie to yourself. Self, right? That's right. That's sure. And, uh, you have to know where you're at. And, and for me, that helps to stay sharp and keep positive on the task at hand. You know, I think it's, it's, if, if you unload your a 20th place car and you have the mindset that it ought to be a winning car, the rest of your weekend when it's not is going to be a negative thought. Somehow it is very important to stay positive yeah. in that thing. And, and, you know, sometimes reevaluating your goal for the weekend is, is a good way to do that because I think it's, it's important to get in, man. You can't lie to yourself and, and confidence is everything. And, and the only way you can have that is have make that thing a winning car. You better find and keep that confidence up knowing that you took care of business and you know survived to another day and that's that's kind of how i do you know over the years well i mean you're only 30 years old you got all kinds of years left 30 hey jackson 40 baby (laughs) (laughs) well listen i don't want to take up any more of your time i think i've learned more about your nascar years uh, nascar stuff in in today than i ever have uh, since i've known you which is actually going on 12 years Yeah, we've had a lot of good times, man. You're good people. Oh, You're a hell you. of a show. It's uh, it's always been a lot of fun. I, I remember, um, you know, everybody always asks, how did I meet Chris Weaver? And, and it's true. Blake Shelton's how I met you. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he's the one that he said, I was asking him if he knew of anybody to play a, a, a charity gig in my hometown. He's like, man, there's this guy over in Nashville. He plays at the tin roof. His name's Chris Weaver. And we went over there and watched it. I don't know if you remember that first night. We, I don't hardly remember it because of, well, I was, I was yeah. having a good time. But, uh, but I do remember it. And I remember being in there with a lot of people, a lot of friends that night, and been friends ever since. So you, pretty cool. You, oh, dude, you you guys have supported the band so much over the years. I mean, and how many NASCAR buddies I have because of you, and and people that have come into Nashville even when you haven't been here, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a. I, I can't thank you enough for all the stuff you've done for us. I mean, God, we're up, we're up to. La- the lake loves us because of, of Clint Boyer. You know, that's been your a- band's the only one that I've ever had that. Uh, well, it just you'll work your ass for any amount of money. You'll just stay playing, and yeah. 
Uh, the other fun part of that is, and and that being said, you're the only lead singer I've ever seen just quit for a while and go to the bar and then come back <laughs> and join the band again. I love that. What? Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He's at the bar hitting on your wife. What? No, not at all. I mean, you know, I, it's you can't have it both ways. I either play a long time or God, that, that that's that's when. You were you were there. That was a hell of a night because Aaron Rodgers. It was you, Aaron Rodgers, Blake Shelton, and and there was another. There was another. I mean, that was a hell of a night that night. Golly, I think it was the sound and speed days when we did those. I think, but I don't. I don't remember everything. But it was. Uh, it was a big night. It was a bunch. That was a great night. There that night. That's been. That's yeah. been twelve years. Twelve years. I think because we did. It's been eleven or twelve years. I think I added it up the other day. I can't remember a lot of time that I spent with you. But, uh, but you know, it is what it is. Is there, is there, right, brother. I appreciate Stay it very safe. much. And yes, you too, Clint. Thanks for doing this. And hopefully it'll get my podcast from 35 people to 40. That's my hope. Tell everybody I said hi. I will. See you, brother. See you man. Thank you. That guy's a hoot. He's a, he is more than a hoot. He's a hoot teeny hoot dini. I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. I don't know. He's a NASCAR geek. I, I, I got to be honest. I mean, NASCAR, I, I never understood NASCAR. Uh, I, I wasn't, a, I, I, you know, I was, I was a big fan of the major drivers in the eighties growing up as a kid, you know, as a sport. But after that, I, I never, I never got into it much until I met Clint about 11 years ago and realized it was more than, than, than just turning left the whole time and how much stamina and, and, and and so much goes into these vehicles. If you've ever been to a race, um, it is just immense. The amount of technology, the amount of of time and effort goes in by you know dozens and dozens of people. But the technology is unbelievable. And and that being said, uh, I'd like to introduce our technology guru, our guru on technology today, Mr. Rick, the main man Borgia. Russian. He's Russian. Rick, how are you? We're not good at technology. You may be, but we're not. I'm, I'm sitting there chatting. You. I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm t- you're testing my lip reading skills. I, I, I just watched. Well, luckily, you go. I'm big enough. Uh, my lips are big enough to, to that you could probably read them from a satellite. But that's all good. How are you, sir? That was a that was a great that was uh, good. I was watching. That was a great interview with uh, with Clint. Oh He's man. No, he's the, the Clint. The Clint. Uh, I only have one or two, you know. After after fifteen years of playing in, in downtown Nashville, I mean, I have one or two of the fans, but uh, yeah, I you know I I got all you know. I'm getting into the tech thing. I even gave you like a fancy background. <laughs> I saw that. That is, it's yeah. very matrixy, very matrixy. Yeah. Well, today, you know, being that virtual meetings and and webcasting, podcasting, it's all top of mind. I just I just talked to you earlier today on another podcast. Yeah, I'm getting used to seeing you on teeny tiny little screens. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know this is this is a hot topic, and and just to continue to be informative and support your viewers that are probably in the same position that maybe don't have the same the access to the same gear that you have, they were going to say, well, what do I got to do to get started and to get online and have a, a a good broadcast, and that's the camera, the microphones, the lighting. But really, you know, the, the, one of the main things you got to start with is really good internet connection. How much of our life is really dependent now on a really good internet connection? In the last 
couple of years, you've seen internet providers suddenly boost their bandwidth by leaps and bounds because the demand is there. I mean, now your, your, your refrigerator is a smart refrigerator. And being that uh, we're all ramping up on our virtual meeting capabilities just within the last couple months since this whole craziness started, and I've had to really ramp up my presence here in my home office. And now, now I'm directing virtual meetings from here. I got to the point where like, well, I got to jack up my internet package because it's not just about the download. It's it's for the bar- broadcasting. That's it's right. Really about oh my yeah. You know, you need to have you need to have that to stream out. And a lot of people take you take that for granted when you first get your internet package because you're thinking about the big number for the download speed because you want to be able to stream the Netflix in HD and you want to get all your devices online and you need that big chunk of bandwidth that everyone in the house is going to take a piece of the pie from. But now we're broadcasting. Now we're Chris Weaver talking about this validity that's so valid and we're broadcasting this out there. So now we need a piece of that data channel that sends out from our house. If you're lucky and you've got it available and you can get a good fiber connection like an AT&T fiber or Google fiber, you'll get what's called a, a, a symmetric, an asymmetrical package meeting. Maybe you get like a thousand down and a thousand up. So your pipeline going wow. both directions is rock solid. But most consumer packages, like even let's talk about Spectrum or, you know, Comcast, whatever they're called in you know, the area where you're at. A lot of their packages were very heavy on the download side and then a little bit lighter on the upload side because they, they thought, well, you just need your upload to send email or maybe the occasional uh, FaceTime chat. When I was faced with having to boost my upload, first thing I did, I called my internet provider and I said, okay, I'm on the baseline package right now, which in theory was pretty decent. I had 200 meg down and I was supposed to be getting 10 up. When I was doing my testing, my outbound streams were, weren't great. So I get on the phone, you know, you wait the hour or two and, on customer service and, and they say, yeah, we can upgrade you to the next tier. It's going to be 400 down and 20 up. Of course, they give you that that thing that you'd never want to hear. It's like, well, you got to upgrade your hardware. And I said, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I've, I've had this modem here for a while and it's been working. What do you mean? I got to up. I really got to swap this out. And after a lot of back and forth, uh, they said, well, you got to take it over to the you know, the uh, the Spectrum office and swap it out. It's it's no charge. You're just going to swap the gear in there. I disconnect my unit. I walk in there and I go to swap it out. Woman looks at what I'm handing her and she said, you have a really, really old Wi-Fi modem from us. Does your internet really work off of this? <laughs> so this is what I've been using for a while. I said, if this is what you were using, your baseline package was crippled, outdated. Well, what happened was when Time Warner became Spectrum and they they upgraded all of their internet speeds and their infrastructure, there might have been this small email or communication that went out and said, by the way, you're going to need a new, which means I didn't get it. Right. <laughs> and so my stuff was still running, but I wasn't running at full speed. And so they said, yeah, here's we're going to take that and we're going to retire. We're going to give you a new piece of hardware. Plug that in. We'll get you to the next level speed. Wouldn't you know, all of a sudden my internet faster, you know, based on my base package. And then I called and said, okay, let's bump up to the next level even faster. And then I get greedy and I said, okay, I want to go to the max level. I want your gigabit package. Oh, well, we got to send a technician out to your house now. Well, what, do I need more hardware? Another? No, it'll work on the hardware, but we require a technician to go to your house to do that. He walks in and he plugs into my line. He's on the phone with the, yep, we verified that your line can handle the top speed internet like really you need to come out here. <laughs> but that was good news okay so 
he tested the line and then he literally called and said, OK, open it up. It was like. So <laughs> so that, that being that being said, you know, a lot of people going through dealing with these Zoom meetings and that kind of thing. Facebook, for instance, Facebook streaming <laughs> is saying that you yeah. need at least six megs up. So does it matter to have if you have a 10 meg package, does it matter to have a 20 or a 30 or 40? Does it does does that matter if they're only wanting you to have six? Yeah, I mean, if if they they're saying six, they're they're being very uh, they're being safe on the requirement. In reality, three to five is is required for an HD upload. Maybe maybe six. You know, with Facebook's compression, they want more bandwidth. That they're just being safe about that. If you have ten, if you're if you've ordered ten and you're paying for ten. It's it's not likely that you're going to get ten all the time. Especially right. like, for instance, for you, Chris, at, at your location, uh, is your internet? Are you on a cable internet package? Or Comcast, you... so Xfinity. Okay, so it's cable. So the the way that cable internet works is that your neighborhood, you know, aggregates that pool of data. You'll notice that your internet may suffer during the peak hours. Mm-hmm. So when people get home from work and everyone's hopping online, you'll probably notice your your speed might drop a little bit. Or your upload. Um, so even though you pay for 10, depending upon the time of day when you're using it, you may get 10 or you may not get 10. Now, if they're saying you need six and you're paying for 10, go to speedtest.net. Do a Google for speed test. Occasionally, I, I, I do it you know, at least once or twice a day just to see what I'm actually getting. So you go to speed, speedtest.net and you run a speed test on your line. And it'll first, it'll ramp up a download test. And depending upon what your package is, you'll see it meter in. And then it'll do an upload test and you'll see what you're getting there. Depending upon what else is on your network, you'll see that affected along with what your neighborhood is using. So most people are just hogging up that download uh, bandwidth. The upload bandwidth should be readily available. If if you can test your line, make sure that you're really getting what you're supposed to be getting on that. And that should help. Now, with Facebook, if they're asking for six, it it really depends upon, um, yeah, what, what your usage is. But... But one of the main things I wanted to talk about today is besides getting that right package ordered, again, is your hardware that in your office. Now, they swapped out my modem and now I'm good. And, and uh, you know, it's a current piece of hardware. But I, I, I shudder to think that there are people out there that might still have an Internet router that probably looks something like this. This Linksys router right here. This was I mean, I had this now probably eight years ago, nine mm-hmm. years ago. If you have this. And you're in your apartment. It's uh, and you, you're not, you know, needing a lot of crazy bandwidth. Chances are you're probably doing all right. I, I don't believe that the the old version of this could handle the higher speeds that are available now. Because now we're in the hundreds. Yeah. Of, of, these days, you go to something like a Netgear, like a Nighthawk, like this. This is more commonplace uh, of a router. This is what I used to have. This was the thing that was killing me. I had this old RS router, you know, uh, Time Warner, and then carried over to Spectrum. Once I got rid of that and they gave me this newer one here, suddenly the speeds opened up. So the, the, the key thing with your routers, make sure that you have hardware that is uh, capable of, uh, of distributing and sustaining the speed that you need. But the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is you got to think about where you place this router. Because the router is going, you know, it's pushing out wireless you know uh signals it's going to get inhibited by things by like even if you stick it right next to your flat screen tv or behind the computer tower or under the desk 
chances are the the router lives where your technician installed your cable line right. and put the modem and and nobody bothered to move it from then and if it's in the corner of your house that means it's broadcasting from that corner of the house and if you have a thin wall there you're broadcasting outside your house you want to get it kind of central and you want to get it up in the air so best thing to do is put it on top of a, a bookcase if you have a two-story house get it even higher that's that's you know a good thing to do if you have one device that's as your wireless router. What's become very popular now with uh, Wi-Fi systems is what they call mesh systems. This is mesh. Uh, this is a Google Mesh right here, mm-hmm. and this is a series of of individual devices. They call them nodes, and you place these all around your house or your office, and it creates a basically a mesh network of Wi-Fi blankets your house in wireless signals. So depending where you are in your house you're going to be getting your Wi-Fi connection from one of these nodes. Right. And the technology is smart enough that when you leave one zone of your house, and if you go out of the range of that node, the other node picks you up and it keeps you online. So that's that's really the, the main thing I wanted to address is, is if you're really getting into wanting to broadcast out, if you're going to join this community of virtual meetings or podcasting, any kind of webcasting, or if you're doing uh, Zoom meetings or anything like that, you got to make sure you got you got to have the internet, man. You got to have the solid pipe, not just coming down, but pushing out. But also check your hardware. Check the hardware that you have. You know, I pride myself on being a tech guy, and I'm really embarrassed to say that I never bothered to check that this crucial crucial piece of hardware. No kidding, was outdated. You know, it's like I, I was slapping myself in the head. Like, you know, you oh. Russians are weird with technology, but I, you know, I love you to death. And you, you are the best. You are the most fun I have on this on this whole show. Is to learn new stuff about Rick Borgia, my buddy and friend, and our technology today segment. Thanks, Rick. We love you. Yeah. We'll see you, Bubba. Oh, Rick Borgia. See, that's what I have is the is the uh, Orby, and it's got the satellites around the house. You know, and uh, I feel the Wi-Fi when I sleep in my brain. I feel it, it goes into my brain. The EMF goes into my brain. Oh, I it's I'm I think when I when I die they're going to do an autopsy and I'm going to have the word Orby uh, attached to the both sides of my brain. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's probably going to be because Andrea smacks you in the I side. I don't of give head a shit. That. I don't. You know, I'm over you. Shocker. Rick, Rick. Next week I'm having Rick cut a, somebody's leg off with a lightsaber. That's what I'm doing. I've always wanted to see somebody get their leg cut off with a lightsaber. I don't know about you, but it's very important to me to see that before I die. Yeah, there it is. Right there. Parker's going on a field trip. (laughs) Ah, thank you, Rickster. God dang it. Well, I tell you, we're moving on. I tell you, Rick, I don't know if you're going to stick around. Maybe you want to stick around in this one. Uh, Admit Andy. Andy Lieb is, is my bass player. Rick knows Andy. This could be a good. This, I, I don't know how how deep you want to get into 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 life, uh, Rick. But we're about to get into uh, we're about to get into another segment of the show that that is very controversial. Conspiracy corner. Andy Andy's living in his uh, dream world. His dream world. Look at that. What the hell is that thing? What is that thing? Can we hear him? How you doing? <laughs> Turn Rick back on. He's sticking around. I mean, he's got lightsabers and everything. It's freaking sticking back on. 
and he wore his Chris Weaver band hat. Just, just. Yeah, and he's wearing a Chris Weaver band hat. I mean, that's that's just promotion. I can't, I can't stop. He's out. He's out. There it is. Oh, uh, <laughs> that freaking lightsaber. Does it make noise? Does it make he, the noise? He can't hear you. Hang on. Oh, oh, he got pretty serious. Does it make noise? Oh yeah, it makes noise. Oh okay. Do you see yeah, Andy? Makes, makes, Do you see Andy? That was. Yeah. The, uh, can Rick? Can you see Andy? Yeah, I can. Okay. Hey, Rick. Yeah, his his lightsaber is not as big as mine. I can barely see it. <laughs> I don't even have my lightsaber. <laughs> All right. Oh, listen. sorry. I was looking at something else. Hey, <laughs> bring up. Let me see. Let me see this folder. Uh, before we start this clip, tonight's uh, conspiracy corner is uh, is is about secret societies. Okay. So, can we bring up the first clip of John F. Kennedy, please? The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society, and we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. And a secret proceedings. This was 1961. This was, this, you know, when I when I first started looking into this for 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 this for this, um, the, the, it was it's unbelievable to think that this goes back as far as it goes back. And and I want to dive into something that uh, happened in 1969 that was very unbelievably poignant, and 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 it was almost like Notre Dame to today. Uh, as far as uh, telling what was going to happen based on the secret, you know, these secret societies, new new world order specifically, because, you know, we do we get into this situation where Freemasons, Illuminati, they take over the, the, the topic. And that that's really a lot. Of, if you research this kind of thing, it takes over because, uh, you know, Freemasons and uh, the what were the. Um, Back in the day, with the Christians, that Templar were, the te- the Knights of Templar, the Knights Templar. That's right. That that you know, a lot of that comes from that. A lot of these things have that have happened have come from the fact that from those from that history. But the fact that the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, um, to name to name two, really run and have run this country through the banking system. Uh, through through industry and business, it's it's really unbelievable. Um, I want to I want to take a moment. And David Rockefeller is the third in line of of John Rockefeller. Um, can we bring up what he, what he had said right here? And and the, the, why this is and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure, uh, one world, if you will. And he says to that, if that's the charge, I'm I'm guilty. I'm proud of it. And this was in his book. This this whole new world order thing is is probably I did not realize how deep this went, uh, and how and how and how much this has gone on for for really a hundred years now or or more. But really, in the '60s, you started to see. Um, politics and and nobody can deny i mean because let's face it john f kennedy got killed his brother got killed everybody wants to say it's because of numerous reasons the mafia the the context whatever but there's no doubt about the fact that he was bringing out rockefellers and the rothschilds he was bringing out and and showing 
telling people like this is existing, this is going on, this is happening. These people want to take over the world. <laughs> now look where here we are, right? And so, I, the reason I brought Andy on is because he he is a a big fan of um, one of probably the, one of the most. Um, I'd say secret societies of all time, uh, Zappa, Frank Zappa. Oh right. wow! Right? Well, there's not there's not many of us. <laughs> well, it's hard it's hard to get into. You give it to the you know you start somebody off in the wrong spot, they're turned off forever. So well, I mean, so I'm going to give everybody we're going to do a we're going to do a hot seat. I want to give everybody an opportunity because I'm sure everybody in their life has had some sort of. Uh, you know, they've read about something that's interested, interested them or whatever. Andy, I know this is a big deal with you. I, I, you go first. Where, where, where are you at with secret societies? With secret societies. All right. Well, um, I guess first off, kind of what you're saying is how, how far back things are going. Um, and the new world order, you know, so people do believe that that's a real thing. And as far as I'm concerned, it's something... I don't necessarily believe this. This is something that I that I keep up on a little bit. But it started November 11th or September 11th, 2001. Oh, uh, okay. So, so, and this all still has to has to do with the secret societies. But all, but it's almost more of an indoctrination and a brainwashing to where it's going to control and use these people that are in higher positions to carry out nefarious acts without them necessarily knowing well okay i i'm i I will say this 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 you know there's a there's a this whole thing i wanted to this 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 is a a dr day dr richard day in 1969 is a medical director for rockefeller sponsored planned parenthood i did not realize planned parenthood went back that far right this was 1969 rockefeller so Rockefeller's big thing, David Rockefeller specifically, was was population um, was was controlling the population, and basically saying, in, in this sense, that we that Rockefeller Center had a cure for cancer, but wasn't going it, that, that not because of pharmaceutical companies wanting money, but it was it was not going to it was not going to ever be brought out because of population control. This was just one thing that this man said, and this is documented by four or five different doctors that were actually at this meeting in Pittsburgh in 1969. Um, but Skull and Bones, Illuminati, New World Order, of all the things that I've researched over the last uh, week and a half, especially specifically for this topic, New World Order is the only thing that's come out on top as far as that, this is actually happening right now. It's actually documented. I mean, there's people that talk about it all the time. But the thing is, with the New World Order, I'm looking. Look at this. I'm reading an Alan Watts book right now. Do you guys know? You know, Alan Watts is. Rick it's, probably does. Uh, it's about the taboo um, and basically learning who you are as a species in the universe. But uh, but the taboo and the one thing that that, that people are aren't. Uh, being taught at an early age is the yin and the yang, the black and the white, which is something that a lot of these, um, you know, secret societies, you want to talk about New World Order, it's the black and the white, the snake eating itself, all the symbolism of good yeah. and evil must exist together to maintain a balance in the world. And it's it's our primal instinct 
um, just as a species to fight that. Um, and that's why we're, you know, we suffer as human beings so much. <laughs> I mean, I, let you know, everything that's exactly right. And everything that you're saying is, is exactly what this. So I, again, I want to preface this. This is 1969 by a doctor that's working for the Rockefeller Center for Planned Parenthood. This is, these are just a few of the highlights. A new world system is already in place that would permanently transform the world. We are, they are weaning us off of national allegiance and we'll resort to terrorism to win our ascent to their global police state. Now, that being said, this adds weight to the widely held view that central bankers are responsible for most terrorism using MI6, Mossad, CIA, that, that, that this doctor had said war, war is obsolete. Given the danger of nuclear exchange, terrorism would be used instead of uh, uh, normal warfare. This was 1969. And it was he also stated that Rockefeller's are the two reasons they do anything is the pretext which makes it palatable to gullib- the gullible public and the real reason. And to me, that is one thing that, you know, this again, when you dive more into this, we will separate marriage and reproduction, i.e. sexual liberation, liberation to break up the family and reduce population, abortion, divorce, homosexuality will be made socially acceptable. The ultimate goal is to have sex without reproduction. It will be, be made more difficult for families to stay together. More women will work outside of the home. More people will remain single. Sports instead of dolls will be promoted to girls as they seek uh, achievement instead of family. Girls will be taught that they are the same as boys. Pornography, violence, and obscenity on TV and in movies will be increased. People will be desensitized to violence and porn and made to feel life is short, precarious, and brutish. Music will get worse and will be used for indoctrination. This is 1969. It's insane. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's that I mean because tell me one of those things that has not happened. Right? I mean it it women the the way women view themselves that the, the fact that he said that women's you know skirts will get shorter that they will be viewed as objects. This is stuff that he had said. It's unbelievable to me that this all comes from societies that all of our founders and presidents and and people that we look up to and have made history, these people are parts of these societies that this man is speaking for. And this was 1969. I, I, I got to admit, I don't understand how how we go forward. You know, when you when you see the woman that just got taken off of internet, you know, she's been taken off the internet. Everybody's trying to discredit her because she's saying that the pandemic is 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 a lie because Fauci is part of, you know, he's been doing this for years. And then there's these clips of him, you know, talking about all this stuff, and then it's not true. I don't know. I mean, Rick, you you've you've lived. I mean, you know, this is obviously unprecedented. I mean, how do you, I mean, do you, do you, how do you see this stuff and does, do secret societies and what's going on with the underlying situation, does that bother you do, or do you, I mean, does it bother you? It does bother me. And the thing is, is that when, you know, when, when I was younger and you, you hear about these things just from reading in, in, you know, in fiction or seeing it in movies or TV and so forth, but 
the reality of, of how it could be out there and how it affects our world, it really didn't become part of our commonplace until social media gave it a voice, until everybody could get online and keep pushing these ideas out there. Uh, you know, it, the scariest thing about, about it to me is, is even if a fraction of this is true. Um, and that's, that's yeah. something that, you know, I think about not just as, as a person living in this country, as a person trying to just live the American dream, but also as, as a husband and a father that's raising a family. And you, know, you look back on history and where we came from, that supposedly all of this was mired in that history and does it have so much of a foothold in our history that it's going to continue pushing it forward? And is this the history that my kids are going to be a part of? I, I've always been just, uh, unfortunately, and, and a naive believer in just society and that, you know, people, there are still genuine people out there that are going to take care of each other. But I, I know the video you're talking about, that pandemic video. And I saw on Facebook people trying to, to share it. And Every time I wanted to go watch it, it got censored and taken offline. Hmm. And does that not really bother you? Because, yeah, it does bother me. It it's because you know right now we so that the term fake news keeps getting pushed out there, and everyone's talking about fake news. Everyone's talking about well, we've got fact checkers. Facebook's got fact checkers that are they're the ones that are checking these things, and and they'll make the decision to take it offline because they have a team of fact checkers that have looked at it and they've determined that it's fake news i, I on one hand i, I want to trust that but on the other hand i i, I want to be informed and to me that's that's where it really starts from is is you want to be informed you want to have access to, to news but now it's gotten to the point where it's you can't even trust where you're getting the news from every time you you see a a, a reputable news source that's pushing out a story inevitably there's someone else online that's been saying that's fake you know, it depends on which side you're on. And that's the biggest challenge to me, you know, navigating this is I just want I just want the information. I want the truth. And it's very difficult to find that conspiracy theories. Uh, it's fun to read about. It's fun to see on TV. It's fun to be, you know, have it be in the movies. But it's a little little scary to think about, you know, that a fraction of the reality could possibly exist. There. OK, so play. Let's go bring bring back up, Andy, I, I, you know. Let, 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 let's let's do the the slide you were talking that you were looking at the the one you were the first yes, so you mentioned before that social media was bringing this to the forefront, you know and and because a lot more but look at this okay this this is you know six leaders over the over the history of the course of the last hundred years from from Rockefeller to George Bush to Adolf Hitler that are all saying the same thing with with the with this one one thing being the major part of 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 the of these statements new world order right i mean but they use double speak i mean but i mean do you andy i mean you're looking at this this is is nationalism and 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 i mean obviously hitler wanted one world right but uh, but Take him out of the the book. I mean, was George Bush when he's given a speech? Was he saying that knowing what he was saying? Okay, maybe, maybe not. But then you go back and you look at some of these other people that have Arthur Schlesinger for Christ's sake. I mean, the, the New World Order. We're, we're you know these these are these these aren't the only people. 
But these are some major influences over history over the last hundred years who have used these words, new world order. See, uh, that's something that I was kind of touching on before, like somebody like George W. Bush or somebody that could be saying these things, not necessarily even knowing that they are saying them. Am I uh, am I still on? Oh, I lost, I lost somebody there. But uh, just, you know what I'm saying, uh, being indoctrinated into this world, I mean, people like uh, Rothschilds, the Bushes, Clintons, all this stuff, they're born into this sort of thing where uh, this this sort of uh, mentality of New World Order is, is bred into them. And they say these things not even realizing what they mean, possibly. But the um, and they could just be being controlled by uh, other nefarious uh, occult things. You know, I mean, this goes deep, man. You can get... I like all the really weird stuff, you know, uh, that it's all an occult thing, that this is a, a new age that's being, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. The technology. Well, so, somebody has to be writing these speeches too, right? I well, mean, I mean, and that, that's a good question. I mean, who are they? Are, these are you the puppet? Or are you the, are you the are master? You the yeah. But I mean, let, let's, let's go back to your last point. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing about it is it's the Bilderberg thing is, is kind of along with that, right? So Alex Jones, which, you know, if you, if you, if you are any kind of uh, a conspiracy theory person, Alex Jones is the guy you listen to, right? He's the, he's the talking head of the conspiracy theorist, theorist, theorist. He's lost and, a little wind in his sail. No, he uh, has. And that's because, I mean, but let's face it. I mean, they did come after him hard. Granted, he's a big windbag, right? But but when you, I tell you, I'll be honest with you. If you want to understand Alex Jones, truly, you you Joe Rogan, watch him with Joe Rogan, right? Because Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan reins him in, stops him from, you know, going off on tangents. And you really get to know some serious knowledge about things that have happened in, in history and things that are going on right now that you would not otherwise know. That being said, I mean, the build the Bilderberg thing is is a really interesting and also scary situation because that is delegates from around the world, 126 different delegates a, a year get to go to this thing. And these are presidents, Clinton's for sure. Right. Obama. I mean, there, there have been numerous, uh, uh, you know, mostly political, but some celebrity, all that kind of thing that go to these these events. And if you see the they'll, they'll they put out the. um the agenda, but it's literally the agenda says, you know, we're going to talk about China. You know, we're going to talk about terrorism in the Middle East. That's it. There's no, what are we, what are we actually talking about? Or, or what, you know, it's just, we're talking about this and these are people that make things happen, you know, and, and, and we just, as, 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 you know, as people throughout the world, we just have to sit there and take it. Because the bottom line is these guys are so in, you know, the central banks run the, the economy. And so there's nothing you can do about the fact that if they want to lower or raise interest rates, there's nothing you can do about the fact if they want to start a war in the Middle East. These people can put the money where it needs to be and influence the people they need to influence. And there's nothing that we can do about it. We sit and do podcasts. We sit and do our jobs. We we sit and do our thing. And that's one thing that this guy even says is basically, you know, we're going to make small changes 
Little things are going to happen over a long span of time to the point where you're actually looking at yourself going, how in the hell did that just happen? I mean, you could think about that stuff in your life, Andy. I mean, you didn't you didn't just grow up being a great bass player. You, you know, you practiced and played and played over years. And now you can look back and go, God, it took all these jobs. It took all this stuff, all these moments in my life for me to be as good as I am. That's what they're doing now with the new world order. I mean, that's at least based on what I'm looking at. And it's kind of well, freaking scary. That's why you see it's already been going on since uh, since the 60s, since the 40s. But what it is is a conditioning over time, you know. And, and that's that's the thing that people are extremists. People don't understand. And they want to take things out of context. And, they'll, oh, they're going to come knocking on your door to take your guns. They're going to take your guns and your liberties. This is over time. This is a conditioning that is implemented into society over the course of 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Nobody's going to come and take your guns. It's a conditioning of a society that will basically, over the generations, um, you know, you'll be looked at as uh, you, you're an outsider. You're somebody who's looked down upon because you're somebody who exercises their first or, or their 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 amendments. You know, uh, exercises the rights. You know, which is already kind of happening. I'm not like big like that's a weird thing about this stuff too. Is you got to watch what kind of conspiracies you talk about because you can get labeled extreme right or extreme you know left and the, honestly what i've gathered a lot of people that that tout conspiracy theories get labeled with that alt right yeah mentality so you got to be careful and even with the, and the weird thing too that you kind of see out here is uh nowadays with coronavirus these masks are almost in a weird way um little tags of your political affiliation okay bring up the masks this is rick you're gonna love this it's another way to put a label on us so all of us can kind of well that's interesting you're saying that bring up the bring up where he says how many cameras are in chicago do you have do you have that one i'll do this one do this one do this one this artist leo savaggio made it it's his face and his idea was, I'll get everyone in Chicago to wear it, or enough people, where the cameras will just think I am everywhere and I'll screw up the whole system. So my first idea, of course, was to put on this mask and commit a bunch of crimes and let Leo Salvaggio deal with it. So what he's saying is that, that, that in Chicago, Chicago has the most uh, cameras of any city in the, in the country, 50,000 cameras. And so what this guy, this artist decided to do was, was to make this mask and try to get it on as many people as possible to screw up the system, right? Basically, the, the fact is that, you know, like you were saying, masks, when you go into a city like Chicago, when they see you at the airport and they see you at Whole Foods, they know who you are and they know where you're at they, at all times. The police know exactly where you are. And then you put on these facial recognition and he had other things, facial recognition, glasses, facial recognition. There was other things he was, he would wear that would screw up the cameras. I mean, what if, I mean, if you're talking about creating a one world society, does it not start with having one entity that can find you? And, and, and know where everybody is at at all times. Is that not, that's what it is, is it not? Well, aren't are we all carrying some kind of surveillance device in our pocket right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. <laughs> Some could say we <laughs> already we have the beast. But I mean, right, but I don't, mean, don't that, we... you can turn that off, Rick. 
you can't turn your face off. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's interesting that uses facial recognition technology to unlock the phone. What they're what you're told is this device has facial recognition technology. So it's you know it, it's it's there. And we, we're willingly we, we signing talk, up we, for we, it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we laugh about the, the possibility that our homes are wiretapped, and then five years later, we're installing wiretaps in our homes to <laughs> control our TV. And, I mean, that's the and, truth. And get the weather. <laughs> you know, uh, you know I, I'm, when it comes to that sort of thing, when they're collecting my data, you know, if, you know take it I, in a way, because it's like, I don't care, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's nice. I do want to get on Facebook, and I do want to be marketed the things that, that I want to see. I don't buy into necessarily all the uh, facial recognition, wiretapping kind of things. I'm more, I'm more of the social implementation of programs and things like a face mask that is going to divide and conquer. That's, mm-hmm. I think those are the things that are working more so. And I mean, right. I but I mean, here, here's I, the fact inc- you want to talk about pragmatic incrementalism. That's what Alexa and Google home. That's what these things are. I mean, these things were, you know, when my in the 90s, you know, we had a computer with a five and a half inch floppy and that thing would take you 50 hours to get online. And somehow over time, companies have been able to basically just come into our house, things that you would never let. Think about this. You would never let a person with a briefcase come into your home and see what you love, what you're eating, what you're what where what you're wearing, where you're going. What you would never let somebody come into your house and just and ask you a bunch of questions about all those things, but through technology and this under the guise of putting us all together and 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 bringing people together, you just tell everybody everything. You know, it's it's it is a little bit eerie. And it is something that definitely at some point in time, because the bottom line is, right, you may not give a shit. My, my brother works for the FBI. And he says, I ask him all the time. I'm like, Craig, what about, Ale- how do you, how do you have Alexa in your house? How do you have, mm-hmm. how do you have Google? How do you have Facebook? He goes, I don't have nothing to hide. Right. And so the issue is you're right. Until the government wants to make you be somebody because it fits whatever parent, whatever's going on with them. If you you may not have anything to hide, but if you ever get in trouble, or if you ever or find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, somebody in the right right place could make you look like a porn hound, deviant, you know, uh, whatever drug using, you know, crazy Russian. And and all these things never go away. They're stored forever, forever. Yeah. Yeah. The internet is forever. Right. Yeah. I mean, does that not bot? I mean, we don't even think about that, but I mean, we do in the fact that, but if, if the government, if somebody in the government wanted to nail your ass or somebody that wanted that somebody that could hack into shit and wanted to frame you or, I mean, this is, it is possible because right. You are guilty until you, you're just guilty. I mean, once you, once it's out there, you're, you're all Richard Jewell. Yeah. I mean, you're just, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I think that it's, it's a little scary, but I enjoy it so much being able to touch so many people so, so easily like Rick and Andy and Chad right here. I mean, I'm Touch just me. touching, touching everybody. <laughs> it's a little scary though. And you like Alexa cause you like to yell at people. 
Speaking of touching people, bring up this clip. This is this guy is. I didn't understand Edward Snowden very much until this past week. I and, and seeing so many of these uh, of his interviews, bring they it, use play the that. same methods and techniques as criminal hackers. And what this means is they will try to remotely take over your device. Once they do this, um, by detecting a vulnerability in, in the software that your uh, device runs, such as Apple's iOS or Microsoft Windows. They can craft a special kind of attack code called an exploit. They then launch this exploit at the vulnerability on your device, which allows them to take total control of that device. Anything you can do on that device, uh, the attacker, in this case the government, can do. I've heard that before, right? We've seen that in movies where where somebody could just mm-hmm. you have your you have your you have your uh, laptop uh, computer up and the the camera's there. They can somebody can just turn it on and. Listen and watch what's going on. Yeah, is that? I mean, I mean, the, these days the the the, the top of the line consumer webcam, the Logitech Brio 4K camera. I was surprised because it's such a beautiful looking design, but it comes with a little snap on shade that you can just pivot down and block the camera. Like we've literally come to a little window shade for my privacy. <laughs> 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 it's like. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, is it so? Is that not saying? Now, I mean, that's not. I got to be honest with you. I think I my next my next move here, my next thing I want to do is dissect one of the major Apple or or Google a contract that you just most people go okay. I want to dissect one of these. You you like a nobody like a reads self- the terms and conditions. So that, so the Verizon and AT&T is what you're talking about, essentially, because those are the, the two companies that were gaining or they were collecting all this information for the NSA. Have you read it? Have you read Snowden's book at all? No, uh, I read it. It was it was great. I, I you're going to get your mouth sewn to the rear end of somebody else. You're in a iPad. All right, look, I want to hear centipede. I want to hear. I want to hear a little bit of Snowden's book. Give me an idea of what the hell this. Why is this guy in trouble? I mean, essentially, so this guy is one of the smartest people in the world. Like, as a twenty-something-year-old kid. He was put in charge and built out a program for the U.S. government. And then he started realizing by seeing folders that he wasn't supposed to see that the government was collecting all this information on American citizens without any kind of court approval. Um, and, I mean, essentially, that he, he ended up turning all this stuff over to two different reporters and uh, his uh, visa or his passport and visa were shut down as he was trying to escape, and now he's been in Russia for forever, a long time. So, so, my, so my point is, does he not does does the fact that the American government was a, was is willing to to put this guy in the dirt, not? give some credence to conspiracy theories. So, so here's the thing with, with that. So the, the law that he is charged with the, the treason law, um, you, there is no, so if you commit murder, uh, there are certain things that could lessen that or that you could justify murder for. 
um, there's there's heat of passion, right? Which would could possibly use be used as a defense with this treason law that they're charging him with, and that they've charged a ton of other quote quote whistleblowers or leakers or whatever with. Uh, there's no defense for it. You can't stand right. before a judge and say, I did this because it's not constitutional. Right. Because, that's, okay, that's right. I've saw, um, I've, I've so saw that's why he refuses to come back. Um, did you but, do you understand what I just said there? I mean, basically, he's saying that there's no there's no way for Edward Snowden to come back without that. that he goes directly to senten, sentencing and not. So a trial. So, no, he gets a trial, but you can't present that as a defense. You can't say I did this because the government can say this is state secrets. So that charge, it, it there, the government makes no difference in a guy who is doing this supposedly for the good of the American people or a guy who is selling state state secrets to China. It's the same law, and wow. you and you get no defense on it. Either you did it or you didn't do it. That's all it is. I mean, I, I, it's hard. I mean, he's getting he's gotten such a bad rap. I get it. And, and everybody, you know, you go to that whistleblower thing. But it is true. That law is is a little bit whack. But as far as secrets, you know, to keep all this in perspective, as far as secret societies over the course of, you know, the last hundred years, this this if you have not seen this. This article, this 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 speech on this Dr. Day in 1969 will change your freaking life. I'm sorry. I, I, I of all Freemasons and all that kind of thing, of all the things that I've ever read or heard, this this was one of the most this was one of the most um this this changed my life. I, I gotta admit, this this freaking changed my life. Uh I don't know about you guys, but I don't. It's not even about conspiracy theories, but this is uh, everything he said in this thing in 1969 came true. And again, you know, I love conspiracy, so I, you know, I don't give a shit if it's wrong or right. But the, God, this is just weird. And Rick, I mean, you were around since the 60s. <laughs> That's when I first arrived on this planet. So. I mean, I, I, again, I mean, we've talked about the New World Order a couple of weeks ago, but this New World Order. I mean, it can get deeper and, and, and deeper and deeper in the fact that people are definitely controlling how things are are working and and there's nothing we can do about it. And that's the part that just that's the part that scares me and pisses me off at the same time, because do you think that the, the, the bottom, the root of a lot of this is even goes even deeper as into like uh, the Bible, uh, occult, actual like magical things. Do you, do you believe in that stuff at all? I, I don't. I don't believe in any magical things, only because. Uh, what's that? I don't believe in magical things. No. I. 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 I mean, let's say that a magical things exist. That's fine. I, I, I'm. I'm saying that, based on the fact that people like Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and 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 this Bilderberg group and and Illuminati people have done so many great and powerful things on their own. That it's this stuff scares me as much as magic does, you know what I mean? And that this stuff is being carried out by in a way to fulfill a, a biblical prophecy. Oh, oh, God, I don't know. I mean, you're, I don't know. I mean, were the Knights of Templar? First of all, that's still were, a thing. They were crusaders, weren't they? Right, but they were protecting Christians. That was the thing. 
right? So they were they were protecting the religion, Christians. They were protecting Christians, right? So it, they were protecting the religion. I mean, that was one of the major things with with Dan Brown brought this all to light over the last you know 15, 20 years is is that you know Jesus had a son really, and and that that Christianity was. I mean, look at the, what the Pope has has said. In you know the last two popes have have you know I remember when when uh, John the John Paul John well whoever said that Mary Magdalene wasn't a whore right brought that out and then and then this this new pope had, has talked about homosexuality is not a big deal and also that aliens he in a, in a in an off the off the uh, uh, all, it was supposed to be off the what do they call it off, off the, the record. Um, record. Off the record was aliens exist essentially you know and this is all coming out of out of the vatican i mean this is the pope right so that that's really disturbing because i mean growing up i was catholic growing up my grandmother was from nicaragua and so we you know the the catholics that's what they that's what they were and you you know the pope was the word and and all these things mary magdalene was a whore that jesus you know and all this stuff and then all of a sudden you got the pope telling you that's not the case right so how much how much more have we been manipulated over the years how how much how much is not right and not true you it's just like going back to what you were saying rick it's like you don't i just want the truth but the fact the matter is unless you're just standing there looking at it you're it's left up to people with money like you know rupert murdoch and and george shortson who's got tons of money who can put out whatever they want to put out and do whatever they want to do. And we're just kind of sitting here talking about it. It's a little disturbing. I mean, it's, 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 it's disturbing all the way down to the level going back thousands of years. And it has to do with blood sacrifice, pedophilia, um, all sorts. I'm telling you all the way back thousands of years, Roman empires. I mean, the same sort of things. Sure. It's been a long time and it's, and it's maintaining the balance of good and, and evil it's uh the, the serpent eating itself it's all i mean it's all so imagery is everywhere which is the crazy stuff i that's the aspects of it that i like i like getting into that where it's kind of like fulfilling all these prophecies and uh i like the magical <laughs> stuff i mean this this guy this guy said people are controlled by means of information they are given I mean, geez, a Pete's. I mean, that's the truth. You're sitting there watching Fox. You're flipping over to CNN to try to get a, a, a another viewpoint. And by the time you're done with the day, you're like, I don't know what the hell to believe. I still don't know what's going on. You know? Oh, somebody will Every tell you day. on Facebook what the truth is. I mean, just right. And, and everybody people, has an opinion on there. That's exactly right. And people will talk and they will get pissed off. They'll kill somebody for what they think. they, And they know less than anybody else. It's just you get on, and and we've all been there, I'm sure. You get on this idea that the, I, I this is right because in my mind this makes logical sense, and so this is right because I've taken all everything I know and I put all the dots together, and yeah, it's George Sorson's a nut or Fauci must, you know, if, if this woman, and that's what you do, and people go with that. I mean, think about how much, think about how much you investigate anything that's going on even in your local government you do, there's you don't you just go to work and you try to make money and as long as you're happy you don't say anything 
then you just let everybody else do it and let and you just watch the news like it's some sort of movie. These people are running the show. It's all entertainment anymore. It's all entertainment in general. It's all entertainment to these people that are freaking running it. It's like a video game and having the cheats. That shit's fun for about the first hour. Yep. You know? Anyway, God, Rick, I can't believe you stuck around this long. And you got to, I thought you had to make dinner for your kids. His kids are starving. <laughs> oh, I already skipped that. I, I actually just wanted to see Andy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but I'm glad you brought because, and I love that you mentioned the Dan Brown books because really, that was the first time that my mind really expanded in reading this. Granted, it's supposed to be fiction, but it put it out there. And that that's what put it out there for a lot of the public consciousness. Yep. consciousness. The first time they read Angels and Demons and then read the Da Vinci Code. And it was, it was fascinating because Dan Brown made it in the way he wrote it. He made it seem like this makes sense. This could be real. Yeah. Because use things that you can go out there and find. You can find these works of art, art. You can find these landmarks. And he, you know, seemingly through his writing, pointed out to get, uh, put it all together. Is it true? I don't know. I went to the, I went to Paris. I stared at the Louvre and I said, is Mary Magdalene buried down there? I don't know, but it's, it's kind of a cool story. I'm like you, I I'm, I'm fascinated by conspiracy theories and things like that, but I'm, I'm very protective about allowing that news to, to take over my life and, and, and scare me. You know, I, I'm more concerned about just, you know, being a good father and being a good husband. Yeah. But yeah. you should be more concerned. Yeah. I think, and, and that's the one thing that the conspiracy thing does for me is what is, what you have allowed to come into your life over time. Like Andy said in mm-hmm. earlier, it's, it's, you have how far we've come since 1985, 1984. I mean, if you want to yeah. use the term of the book, right. So yeah. you've let so much of your life and your kid's life. I mean, I know who you're, I know what your kids are doing, Rick. You know, I know where your kids are at. I know stuff you've done with your kids and your wife. And I mean, you people see this, even if it's on this level, even if you, if it's only private, that that's not private to anybody that really wants to go in and look at it. You know, if you really want to see this mm-hmm. stuff, you're, you're going to figure it out. Right. And, and that's the yeah. part where, especially when you look at this, this stuff that Dr. Day said, we can wrap up on that, but that's the part that scares me is like, you know, year to year, we're putting new equipment in our house because Google says, you, or, 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 or Tom Warner says this piece is too old. So here's a new piece and we just do mm-hmm. it because it ups our, th- but mm-hmm. we don't, we don't know what's in it. We don't know what it's collecting. <laughs> we don't have any idea. And that's the part that I think somewhere along the line is going to come back and it's going to bite us right on the ass. Because I will tell you this, if you go listen to what you can go back on Alexa and you can go into your recordings of Alexa, and I promise you the weirdest part about it is you get to hear, Hey Alexa. And I I, I don't know if you understand what I'm just saying right there, but that is some weird shit. She's already listening. You're that, that you're the recording you get has you saying, Hey Alexa. That is, that's, that's, that's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> and that's why I try to have is I say the most raunchiest, nastiest shit in front of yeah, that I thing. Say, I say some terrible things. <laughs> I say, I mean, I just want, I want <laughs> whoever's going to come after me is going to get, they're going to go, you know, before we go in here, I just want you to know this guy is messed up. It's a <laughs> messed up dude. Rick Borgia, thank you so much for technology today. We'll see you next week. 
Uh, Andy Lieb, it's, it's, I wish I could say it's a pleasure, but. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the fact that you have two. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you have two yeah. two of you in that screen is just the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was well, looking it, like it, a, like an old '80s Sears family portrait. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say an '80s '80s music video. Uh, I, I swear to God, if you just had a cat yeah. right now, if you had a cat, that would be so cool. It would be so. Oh my God, that's a Christian album cover. Is what yeah. that is. Yeah. Where's Paul Abdul? Where is Abdul? <laughs> Thank you guys very much. I love you. All right. You guys take care. I miss you guys. Miss you too. Take care, Rick. Andy, how many, what else do you got on those buttons? Just show us one thing. One thing. One thing. I was going to use my conspiracy cam. What is that? It's like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I got this guy going. There's some spooky, some spooky stuff. I got all this other bull crap on here too. Ooh, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. Do play that one anyway. It's late enough. There you go. I got, I got some Joe Biden. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Oh my god. That's hey, Joe Biden should, for you. We should give away some of this stuff. Oh, it's over now. We got, uh, bring up the vitamin. Can we bring up, uh, listen, our big sponsor. Oh my God, look at that crap. Looks like an 80s, it looks like a Terminator movie. Don't go anywhere, Andy. Everybody, we'd like to thank our sponsors for uh, the podcast on how valid is validity. Uh, Sony Mobile Aurora Nutriscience, uh, which uh, we are going to give. I'm going to find somebody to give a package of vitamins away to. Uh, this this today uh, guidance whiskey modern media geeks uh, titan motoring out of nashville tennessee hurton hertz audison uh, amplifiers and car stereo speakers and cartronics out of nashville thank you guys so much we really appreciate it chad bearden uh, was our uh, in-studio uh, guest tonight hello thank you chad hey thanks for having me again hey buddy we appreciate you so and- somebody gonna call in this or how are you gonna do this I don't know. We'll figure it out. But you're gonna. Somebody's getting some vitamins. What is that, Parker? What are you? Sh- oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Anyway, Andy, I love you. And uh, maybe next week we we do another one, huh? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'll do it. Hey, uh, play a cleat. Play something in cleat. You got something in cleat? What do you mean? Like, a- like you got a commercial or something? You got any good commercial? You got something we can hear? Let's just. Yeah, I mean, I got one somewhere. Yeah, I, mean, I do. How hard is it to get? Not hard. I, <laughs> I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if you knew what I was asking about. All right. Yeah, I got. Let me see. I'm. I'm uh, digging. I'm digging. I'm digging. Listen, he's got a character, and he does the funniest stuff you ever saw. But these commercials are just unbelievable. All right, so uh, here's uh, I don't know. Uh, let's do. I got them all right here. Here's Joe. This is one of my favorites. Joel's duct tape and zip ties. Let's do see it. if it comes to me. Okay. Service with a smile. That's our motto here at Joel's. Not only do we serve the greater Tri County area with only the best selection in zip ties, duct tape, and other <laughs> restraint and resist tools. But we do it with a real nice smile on our faces. 
sure to keep you coming back for more service from Joel. We've expanded our selection. Yeah, we now have an outstanding selection of axes and chainsaws. <laughs> Pickaxes and shovels. Take an extra 10% off. Meat hooks and machetes. Slash 15%. Bleach, acid, and other decompositional aids. <laughs> this went downhill <laughs> fast. It's an overalls. Plastic wrap and gold rugs. percent off and free layaway. We now offer on-site storage containers and financing on research. We're looking to the shit with some lovely weight between freezing nipple Joel's duct tape and zip ties. Service for the smile. Oh, God almighty, dude. There you go. So Andy's had lots of time. Dude. Oh, my Quarantine. God, dude. <laughs> that is some funny That is some funny stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I'll be around next week. All right. Find me another. I always have a commercial available, please. I'll have you a commercial. All right. I love you. Thank you, Anders. I love you. See love you. you both. Love all you. See you, brother. Bye, Andy. CJ. All right, before we get off, uh, call my mom. Let's get let's get mom in here. We got to get mom to say the, the last words. Talks with mom. I mean, I'm not sure what I want to call it yet. Talks with mom. Is no, that's that's my mom's cell phone. I need you to call my parents. How do you got mom's cell phone? <laughs> Why do you got my mother's cell phone? <laughs> yeah. Why do you got my mom's cell phone? She called in on it. Look, just don't call her at 3.30 in the morning. Only call her at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. She might not know what to do with the fact that I'm calling her a decent hour. Is she there? Give you a second. I asked this guy to call my mom with a number I've given him, and you, you call my mom's cell phone. That's weird. I got to be honest. That's that's not right. I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it at all. Can you call? Are you? What is? It? All right, we're calling my mom. This is going to be the last. Then we're going to do the song of the week and head on out. Greg Ice gave us the song of the week. What are you doing, Dad? <laughs> what are you doing? Dad, I'm I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, you know, we got to do mom's segment. Her segment. Well, she has a segment. We're gonna we're gonna do a the end the ending uh, segment's gonna be mom. Oh my god, does she know that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, she should. I got. Can you put her on the phone? <laughs> yes. All right. Let me talk to her. Uh, you're crazy. Uh, no, good I, show. I, I, well, good uh, show. Thank you. Thank you. Clint was really good. That was a good. That was good. Okay, I mean, Dad. I, I know. Okay, listen. You don't have to bring up. I, what about me? Okay. No, yours. Yours. Uh, <laughs> no, but the Clint's was great. Really. Oh, yeah, I appreciate Clint, it. Clint was good. Well, you met him, and he hit on mom. So this is going to be great. <laughs> Apparently, so is Parker. You talk about uh, you know the couple of those things in the back of the car. That was too funny. My God, that was a funny night. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you uh, you do, usually you don't listen, so I'm glad Clint brought you no, on board. No, I'll listen. I've been listening. I just took a little break just a minute ago. Uh, uh, I don't want to know what you were doing. <laughs> Let me talk to mom. God, here's mom. <laughs> she said, "Who is it?" Hello, mom. Mom. Oh my God, mom. Mom. <laughs> Holy well, hello, mom. Hello. I listened. I said, 
Listen, turn the turn the computer down. Thank you. Turn the computer down. No, turn the computer down. Oh my god. It's like people who call into a radio show and have the radio wide open. I'm too far into it. Bring it back up. Hello? Mom, yes. mom. Hello. Turn the computer down. <laughs> That's Dad's phone, not the computer. <laughs> what did you do today? Are you there? What did, what did you do today? I went to the coffee shop today, and I went and had my hair cut and, and dyed. And just went outside and planted plants and enjoyed the sun. Oh. Uh, it was more enjoyable talking to you when the phone was up. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Um, so, uh, do you miss me? That's really the key. I. Not really. Oh, okay. I've been too busy. Well, that's great. She missed your brother. I hope... Uh, I hope you have a lot of gray hairs, Mom. That you have to you have to dye. Well, I did have, so I colored them already. So my my biggest question to you, Mom, is at this point now that you've been retired for a little while, and mm-hmm. are you controlling your spending uh, on my inheritance? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. If anything, I'm spending more. Mom, can you just do me one favor? What's that? I just need you to say this one thing for me. Oh God. Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening to How Valid is the Validity. Thank you all for listening to How Valid is the Validity. I love you, Mom. Here's the song of the week. I love you, too. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it very much, and uh, we'll see you next time on How Valid is the Validity. Days I hide away and wait for rain to come Cause it turns out hell will not be found within the fires below But in making do and muddling through when you know where else to go But then I remember you And the way you shine like truth in all you do Save me from the way I tend to
I said I loved you so many times that the words kind of die in my mouth. And I meant it each time, and each beautiful woman meant somehow.